spiritual slang like God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Or won't he do it? Because <laughs> you know he really will. Hey. Well, Steph, welcome to Spiritual Slang. We made it. You made it here. How does it feel to be here? It's been a long time in the works. Yeah. First of all, I was very excited when you invited me. But I invited you like a while ago, like months ago. I told you that you were going to be like I one know. of the last episodes yeah, of this Yeah, but season. still, you know, mm -hmm. it's not real until it's real. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. But also, I was like, before I came on here, I was like, how long have we known each other for? Because I feel like it's been a very long time. I think since 2020. No, 2019, because yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah. Was it 2019? It was 2019. 2019. It was July 2019. Okay. So we like started. known each other for four years. Ooh, How do you feel in the game? Okay, so let's kind of just tell people how we know each other. Yeah. So Steph and I used to work together um, at my last job, and we were both in marketing together. And it's so funny because... I mean, we've had this conversation so many times, but like when I first met you, it's interesting because you think people are a certain way and you think you know that that's mm -hmm. how they're going to be. But yeah. then like you surprisingly shocked me, like in a good way. And you were like completely kind of different. You know? What was my first, what was your first impression of me? Um, I feel like I've told you, I felt like you were kind of like, is it bad to say straight edge? I don't know. No, no, but, it's um, not Like you were kind of just like super put together, super like numbers is what I used to call you. Oh my gosh, that like, was really good for me. I just remembered right numbers now. and then brand or something. Yes. But um, I think I interviewed you, right? You did, okay. you did. So I interviewed you and then you come, came to the job and I thought you were kind of just like, I used to call you numbers because you're very like factual, like, very factual. Yeah. Like if it's not written down, it's nothing. Yeah, um, and then so you're serious true. about your job. So I thought you were kind of just like, I don't know. I didn't think you had all the different sides to you that I now know that you have. Um, so yeah, I just thought you were just like a girl coming in that was from China about her job and that was that, like we were gonna be coworkers. <laughs> but then as we evolved, you showed me, you taught me TikTok. <laughs> And that's when you taught me how to dance on TikTok <laughs> and like what the app was about. And then you also had this like stylish, like edgy side to you or like this like constant want to like explore different sides of you. <laughs> so you changed your fashion like five different times since I've known you um, and all those things. So that was my first impression. What was your first impression of me? I have to say, I also didn't think that we would become friends just because I thought you were too cool. <laughs> like during you were saying like we met each other during our interview right so you we were like asking me questions and the vibe you put off legit was like a cool girl vibe really like yeah like when you go on instagram and you scroll through instagram and you see these <laughs> girls who are like super stylish and like they can take really cool photos but when you try to mimic the pose you just look awkward yeah yeah like you had that like whole thing going for you <laughs> the whole aesthetic going for you so i was like yeah i feel like there's nothing i can like talk about with this person to be mm -hmm. relatable and like she just seems really cool i imagine on the weekends she'd go out to brunch with like her girlfriends <laughs> or something and do other cool girl stuff wait so then how did we get close though i feel like oh i think steph is the kind of coworker that she will she's not the type of coworker to come in and try to take your job she like comes in and like is one of the best communicators i've ever met <laughs> and will like constantly just try to make sure you're good you yeah. know, and so we would have like little conversations in that little like office room that we had. That's so true. About like our job and yeah. like, is I it okay like, if I do you? this? Or yeah, whatever? how is it going? Because I I came in knowing that you were pretty much doing everything like mm -hmm. marketing related when they hired me, and so I was like, first of all, I want to make sure we're cool. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be able to work with everyone, and I'm here to learn. You know, like we're mm -hmm. all here to learn. We're not here to like be territorial and establish our like mm -hmm. <laughs> area yeah, of control yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time like just talking to you, making sure like, hey, I want to do this. Like, are you cool with that? And like, let's work together. Mm -hmm. And you were like, surprisingly super chill. Yeah. You're like, yeah, sure, do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because the impression you give off sometimes can be a bit like aloof, I would say, on first glance. You know, like everyone has like this outward, yeah. <laughs> but like, I didn't realize you were so into the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the show. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I feel like anyone who's into the office is, is like very goofy, mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. like personality wise, mm -hmm. and that came up as we were working. Yeah, and like actually one of the, I feel like we really started 
getting clothes closed because you were like, so you would come in to work like super early, like always the first in the mm-hmm. office, making people coffee. And first of all, I was like, I can't let her keep doing this. So I started trying to come in early and try to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, it, but you would also always stay late. Mm-hmm. But then on Thursdays, you always left early. Yeah. And like, I didn't ask for a really long time, like what you were leaving early for. But in my head, I was like, this girl always stays late. But on Thursdays, she always like on the dot, no matter what is going on, she just ups and leaves. That has to be enforced. Like one day I'm like, where are you going to? Like <laughs> every Thursday leaving early and you're like, I'm going to church. I'm like, oh, you're Christian. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Because that was not like most Christians that mm-hmm. I meet like in life. You know, like I've been... Like, I actually went to church as a kid, but, mm-hmm. like, the way they got me to go to church was by, like, stopping me in the middle of the road to tell me I'm a sinner and I'm going to go to hell and I should go to church so I can be saved. So I was like, crap. Like, yeah, I, I guess I should. <laughs> that, that sounds really scary to, like, a, I was, like, 14. That sounds really scary to a 14-year-old. I was like, I, was, I don't want that. So I went, but, like, most Christians I know are, like, very loud and, like, open about, mm-hmm. like, talking about Christianity instead of like walking the walk Mm -hmm. and at that point I already respect you a lot because I feel like you have such a grounded way of being like you never try to be very catty you never try to like gossip you never like stabbed anyone behind the back and you always like give it your best you know you were hardworking and you were just trying to do your best and you were trying to like live out your dreams and you were trying to learn and grow you know, and like I saw that in all of your actions. So actually, after you said like I'm going to church, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You like live Christian values. You know, yeah. like in my head, as yeah. someone who wasn't Christian, like this is like, oh, okay, that's my impression of like how an ideal like Christian yeah. person would yeah. like live and show up in life. Okay, well, this is a true example of how Steph is because she is the most affirming person ever, <laughs> and throughout our whole friendship, and even at our last job all you did was like affirm me every time we had our like long conversations <laughs> or meetings that we would have but it was, it was really like conversations mm-hmm. um and so thank you for saying that but I consider you um as one of like my wise counsel people where like you go to for like advice on many things you mm-hmm. know and because you're so wise you're so smart uh and you're also not a yes person So you'll keep it real. And like, I've gone to you for like, before I took my last job or the job I have right now. Um, And I've gone to you for many other things about other people and everything like that. Yeah. Um, So I consider you like a wise counsel person, but also, yeah. And just because you'll keep it straight and you'll say exactly how you feel Mm -hmm. um, or like what you think without feeling like you need to like sugarcoat it. But you're like that in every space that you're in. Like at work, you were like that. Um, In the personal life, you're like that. And so I consider you like a wise counsel friend of mine. Thank you for appreciating that. (laughs) I actually think it's so important to show up in life like as authentically you as possible. Mm Because first of all, like time is limited like you live past this period of your life and this age of your life and you never get that back again Mm -hmm. and each period and each season of your life is different you're like you're gonna change so like this moment the you that you are in this moment that's you in this moment and you'll never get it back yeah and so I feel like every moment if you're not true and real to yourself then you're wasting time yeah right that's true and a lot of people actually won't accept you for being you. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate you for accepting me. Yeah, for being of course. <laughs> You're great people. Okay, so you kind of touched on it um, already, but not completely into it. But you said that I was always going to church. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk about your faith journey. Yeah. Because I met Steph at our last job and I did not know like where you were at with faith, but I also wasn't like trying to beat mm-hmm. people over the head with Jesus in a sense. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like I was kind of just like living my life. And Anyway, so I remember when we went, the pandemic happened. Yeah. And we were having a conversation on the phone. Yeah. And you told me that once you and your husband were going to like, got settled in your new house or whatever, that you were going to try to find a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. thinking like, and I, I remember crying after I got off that phone call. Maybe I was crying. <laughs> no, but it was like so beautiful because I was like, wait, really? And you're like, yeah, like I, I like seeing you and everything like that. Like I want that community and everything like that. And you had said something like, like it was everything you did and nothing you said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> God was like using me. Um, yeah. And then also, you, yeah, so you were just like so open to it. And you also said that you were an atheist. 
which yeah. I did not know that because yeah, we never really talked about that's religion true. or anything like that. That's true. Um, but like, it makes sense for who you are because you're like someone that's like, if it's not written down or fact or whatever, it's hard for you to yeah. believe. So I want you to talk about a little bit about your faith journey and like becoming, yeah. like believing in God. Yeah, it's like a really long story just because I actually did go to church when I was young. I was like 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. And I like all my life, I kind of like deal with depression. Mm -hmm. is like a condition that just like forever has been there and so when I was like 13 or 14 one of my mom's friends was like you should get your daughter to go to church so I went to church so I have like some experience mm -hmm. going to church and going to Sunday school and like at that point of time honestly it just felt like we're a bunch of kids whose parents don't know what to do with us mm -hmm. and decided to drop us off somewhere at daycare for like <laughs> like teenagers mm -hmm. for a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I honestly didn't get much out of it. Um, and then as I grew older and older, because of my negative experiences with a lot of Christians who are very, very loud about it and like in a very negative judgmental way, I kind of, I've been curious about the teachings of Christianity, but not so much about the people, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I was very surprised. Like when <laughs> I came into contact with you, I think that's when we started getting closer to is like, I started asking you about your perspective on your faith and mm -hmm. your spirituality because I as a person as you said I'm very numbers focused I'm very like fact driven um but I know that we all have a spiritual side I know we all have an emotional side we have a logical side it's mm -hmm. just like different components of us and what I've never been able to tap into is the side of me that's like like the side has faith like I like to say I don't like to say it, but I feel very strongly that I am someone that doesn't have faith. Mm -hmm. Unless you show me there's like concrete evidence or there's enough data that's pointing to a trend that something's going to happen. Marketer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like with my marketing data, I'm just like, that's too risky and it's not worth the effort. Or mm -hmm. I would be like, yeah, it's probably not gonna work out. Like try something else that has better odds. Um, and as we know, like nothing big ever happens mm -hmm. unless you have faith in it. And it's, it's, a, it's like a journey. You have to like step in blind mm -hmm. for anything that you truly believe in, hoping that it would work out. Mm -hmm. Continue to, to like work on it until it comes to fruition, right? So as someone who doesn't have that kind of faith, there, was, there were a lot of things in my life that I would have liked to pursue that I just didn't because I would put in like a month or two of effort and I saw like nothing come back from it. And I had no deeper like spiritual support that's mm -hmm. gonna push me through and complete the thing. Mm -hmm. So I just like gave up. Mm -hmm. So like that, all of that was kind of like part of what made me very curious about how you lived and like how faith shaped your behavior and your beliefs and you know all of that because even as I started asking you questions first of all you made it fun that was a huge <laughs> I have to say that was a huge motivating factor because you had all these phrases every time like we found a par parking spot like when we went to Trader Joe's together oh yes oh yes oh yes what was the phrase God is good or something yeah, you would be like God is good and I'll be like oh that's interesting and you're like no no you got to say all the time that's your response oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh wait 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 sorry okay I kind of want to cut you off real quickly because I want to talk about that actually because I forgot to mention that but you were there when I came up with the name for spiritual slang because you were like we were on the phone you're like you're the queen of those sayings like God is good or whatever all the time and then I was like it's like spiritual slang and I was like that's it that's, <laughs> that's the podcast the name. name that's the name yeah so that's funny I just want to say that <laughs> that was but, the birth of the podcast name legendary yeah. I know it's it's funny because those phrases even for someone who's not of like you know the faith or whatever that was very relatable to me mm -hmm. because legitimately sometimes parking is just like difficult impossible <laughs> <laughs> and so when you were like god is good I'm like yeah all the time <laughs> <laughs> and like I kind of like appreciated the fact that you know I'm not like I don't identify as Christian, but you still welcomed my questions and you were still mm -hmm. like patient with explaining the things. You didn't judge me for the fact that I wasn't part of the community. You didn't like, mm -hmm. you you just like were very happy to share mm -hmm. um, without any pressure that I need to believe in the same mm -hmm. things that you do or that, you know, I need to like change the way I am. The mm -hmm. fact that you just kind of let me be me mm -hmm. as I'm curiously asking, well, like, what about this? What about that? What do mm -hmm. you, what are your thoughts about? 
you know, like, how do you behave when, like, you have these negative emotions and, like, how mm -hmm. do you deal with that and all that? Mm -hmm. It was, like, very refreshing and very, like, warm. Like, the kind mm -hmm. of warmth that I would kind of expect someone who is spiritually guided to have. Yeah. But it actually is pretty rare. Okay. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. No, it is. And, yeah. and it's, like, I think your whole experience with it and, like, how just watching me and everything got you to kind of see God and like want to know more and everything. Um, it's like testament to, I think in general, like sometimes, like you said, some Christians can be like kind of trying to beat you over the head or like force you or like be judgmental. So that mm -hmm. way you come over to mm -hmm. believing in God and stuff yeah. like that. But it's like a lot of times, like if we're just surrendered to be used in a space, like as Christians, we're supposed to be surrendered to God and God will use us in different spaces, you know? And so if we just show up, like he'll shine his light there. And so he'll do the work. We don't even have to do the work, you know, we just have to be, um, we have to be able to be used basically. And so I think that's like just an example of what, if, of God using me in a space um, to bring you closer to him. Because then, like, after that, you became more curious about, like, praying and stuff. And I remember you said you wanted to learn how to pray. Oh, and my then, gosh. And then I prayed over you. And then I was like, just talk to him. And that all was things. amazing for me personally. That was, like, part of my my personal growth is that, you know, I'm so factual-based and everything. And I have this thing where, like, I feel very weak when I reach out for help. And so mm -hmm. I don't reach out for help. Like, if you asked any of my friends, they can count on, like, one hand the number of times I've called them up to be like, hey... I need to talk to someone about this mm -hmm. thing. And like, you know, I just like don't use my circle of friends for my moments of weakness. Mm -hmm. And you're one of the first people that I felt comfortable like reaching out when I felt really, really weak for mm -hmm. help. And I remember like there was this one, I was like 10 p.m. or something. So first of all, I don't yeah, call people. Late. Second of all, <laughs> I definitely don't call people when it's like 10 p.m. on like a Friday or something. It was like mm -hmm. really late. And like usually I'll be in my head like I can't call this person. It's really late. They probably have something going on. You know, also like we're coworkers. Like, <laughs> like well, I don't. Were we still coworkers at that point? Um, yeah, maybe. I think we were coming to the end. Yeah, of our yeah, com yeah, coming to the end of a journey because it was a very, very, very high stress, intense situation at mm -hmm. work, right? And so there were. I know we like made these jokes about like crying in our cars during lunch break or something. It, was like it wasn't a joke. <laughs> joking <laughs> it wasn't a joke um yeah but like I remember calling you and you were driving mm -hmm. and I was like Chanel can you like pray for me because I don't know how to pray because like also I grew up thinking like praying is like I don't know you need like words that you need to memorize off of a script in order mm -hmm. to like for it to be real or legit or something i didn't know you could just be like yo god like mm -hmm. I, didn't know <laughs> I didn't know you could yeah, just like, be like it's that. literally just conversation yeah and sometimes even when you don't have words like if you just go into the space and be like god i need to hear from you he will speak to you in there sometimes we don't have to say anything like our tears are enough sometimes you yeah know? i learned that from you too because i was like okay well that's a lot more accessible you know yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to say if you want me to say it all official like so i <laughs> called you i was like chanel i don't know how to pray but i am so struggling right now you know mm -hmm. in, in my space and can you just help me pray because previously you were like you know just call me and anything so I was like can you please just pray with me and then you prayed with me while you were driving so mm -hmm. I think that's a major feat because I can't do anything <laughs> but you were praying with me as you were driving and you were so patient and you were just like you know dear god you know I hope you look after Stephanie she's mm -hmm. going through a really rough spot right now I pray that you will look after her and like show her the way and like mm -hmm. lead her out of this you know place yeah. and that kind of and like when you were praying, I just like started crying so I hard. I also don't cry in front of people, you know? So, just like, so. <laughs> yeah. And then the Lord made I, you. I really, I seriously, and then like whatever, I just feel like you're this vessel for, mm -hmm. you know, the faith or whatever, like, like many qualities. You're a vessel for many good qualities, but in those moments, you really helped me feel God mm -hmm. and that's like a crazy thing for me for someone who like literally has no faith mm -hmm. you helped me feel the presence of God like I could feel some warmth and some like mm -hmm. higher being like you know mm -hmm. apparent that like yeah you know it's okay and that was God in that moment too yeah. you know like I was just praying but God was just showing up in this space and I think because you also like opened your heart to him and now we're like kind of curious and stuff 
he also like spoke to you that one time. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Cause that was crazy. Yeah, and then you called me and told me about it and you said, I can never not believe after that. Yeah, like that was a separate, that was like a separate time. But then also like after that experience that I had with you, I was still struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would like try to pray by myself knowing that it could be more casual. <laughs> so, so I was like trying to pray by myself afterwards. I was like listening to a lot of sermons. You were, you sent a lot of really good stuff to mm-hmm. me from, like your church yeah, at, at that one. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was really helpful to listen to. And that gave me like some direction in terms of just like keeping steady and like a very big storm that was happening internally. And then one time I was like praying and then like my inner, my inner like convo monologue is a female voice that sounds very much like me, but just like very mean and non-affirming mm-hmm. <laughs> mean, but like the <laughs> evil version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I was like praying and crying, I was like, oh my God, like this is like the worst and I don't know how to get out of this. And if literally I just like want to die because there's nothing that can be worse than this and I don't want to suffer another moment of this. And then a male voice came into my head and was like, don't worry, I got you. Don't mm-hmm. worry, it's okay. And I was like, what the, mm-hmm. who is this? Because <laughs> my inner monologue is female. Yeah. And I heard a male voice for some reason, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know like who that was, but that felt, and I've never heard it since either. And that was like years ago now. Mm-hmm. Like I've never heard it since, but in that moment I did hear it. And I was like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, like that was why I was like, yeah there's something yeah yeah (laughs) no I thought it was beautiful because I I do believe it was the Lord for sure um but I thought it was just so beautiful because it gave you hope you know in that moment and I think in a moment like where you're so it's so dark and you don't know what to do and you're like I want to die and there's like nothing worse and it's like and I think that's the beauty about God too what like what I try to make people realize is that Mm. he's light in your darkness you know and I think once you believe and you hear him that time because sometimes you can hear him and you won't hear him again for like a while you know and like and sometimes you experience the Holy Spirit and then you won't have an experience like that for a while but you still believe you still believe you know and so anyways that's why I like try to tell people about the Lord and like try to like live my life like that because I know what it's like to like live in darkness and and um and so when I see people like you coming to light and that's why I was always so emotional when you would tell me those things (laughs) I wasn't like crying on the phone with you but I would like get off the phone and call my friend and cry and tell and tell them about it it's because like I know what it feels like to live in darkness and so like to see people come to light there's like no better feeling because Mm. you're you're hopeless until you have the Lord you know like you don't think there's something better you don't think that you can come out of a situation and you came out of it and I mean, life is life. So it ebbs and flows. Yeah. But yeah, it's just beautiful. And I love your, your testimony. (laughs) Um, But, and that's not even to say like, you know, after that I became a full blown Christian. I went to church every Sunday and started pursuing it as my life. But like, that wasn't it though. You know, like Mm -hmm. afterwards I just kept on living my life like how I used to, but I have to say it like did, fundamentally changed something in me. I went from someone who had no faith to someone who like had an idea of what it feels like to have faith. Mm -hmm. And like that was what eventually, like that little seed started sprouting. Mm -hmm. And then that was what allowed me to step out of the life that I was living for like, you know, a decade before, like Mm -hmm. pursuing my value from things that were very external Mm -hmm. into like, figuring trying to figure out okay like how do I place that value inside me now and Mm -hmm. like how do I build my self-worth and my self-esteem and my confidence around what's who I am Mm -hmm. versus what I'm able to do and the results I'm able to drive outside of me Mm -hmm. like that all of those events kind of like were stepping stones Mm -hmm. for me to eventually get to a spot where I was confident enough to quit my job. Mm-hmm. I was confident enough to move forward in life without a plan. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, everything I did in my life was like a plan. It was like yeah. a three to five year plan yeah. specifically. Yeah. And like, I have this like in my notes, um, a note for each year, all the accomplishments that I had <laughs> in that year, the accomplishments I'm gonna do in the next three to five years. And I have that tracking like eight years back and like, yeah, seriously. I know, I know, I believe it. I know you. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, I stopped doing that. That's like, amazing. after that whole, like, series of events, I stopped tracking my life that way, mm-hmm. and I started just, like, 
I have a general idea of where I want to go. And like, you were always telling me, you know, like, God knows you, God knows you. And I was mm -hmm. like, God knows me. And so like, you know, I'm going to try to be the best version of myself possible. And mm -hmm. just like, I guess God will lead me mm -hmm. wherever. Yeah. I don't know where, but I have a little faith now that, you know, wherever he's going to lead me, whether I feel like it's good or bad, it's good. Because mm -hmm. if it's bad now, it'll be good later. From that point onwards, <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to move forward. I don't always have to plan everything. And if something doesn't go the way I want, it's not a signal for me to like do take an action and like change it. Mm -hmm. It's a signal for me to just like sit back and observe what's happening and be like, okay, you know, this is happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe God put it there. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not God, whatever. But like, it, maybe it's the I, enemy. <laughs> maybe it's the enemy. You always, you always talked about the enemy too. I know, no, like that's, so I love, I love that concept. Um, and so I kind of like just stopped reacting and just started. Mm -hmm being able to be more in the moment and being able to accept moments of discomfort. Yeah, just not be in control of your life. Exactly. Um, so you said a couple really good things. And so from there, we're going to go on to the next thing that I really want to talk about. But when you said like that there was a seed that just sprouted in you that was able to like help you mm -hmm. kind of just like not be in control of your life and have faith and everything. And that's just like that that was the Lord, because it's like when you plant seeds, that's what we're on this, like as kingdom people are on this earth to do, you know, is to plant seeds into people's life. Like, I don't think like we're we're not going to be the people to change them. Like I wasn't the one to change you. The Lord changed you. But I just planted the seed and then the Lord like and then through like me and everything, like the Lord sprouted it and everything, you know. So um, so that was like a really good point that you made. But you had mentioned like being like before you were kind of like someone that identified your worth and your value and kind of like what you did you know and it's and we have that in common i think we bonded over that for sure um bonded over our trauma no, <laughs> seriously but that was some peak trauma bonding <laughs> um but we bonded over that because we like kind of were able to put to words things that we were struggling kind of in our own minds yeah like experience. but then like yeah but then we're relating to each other and so we would always find identity in like what we did yeah. and so our last job um nothing against the job but more so it wasn't anything that could help it wasn't something that was helpful to that type of mindset yeah and so we were constantly just like searching for value and validation and everything which is why i think we were so like down bad and had to leave at the time that we did leave um but kind of just to speak into that finding identity and what you do like for me that's personally look like uh just like looking for like finding identity in like a job or a profession and so feeling like that was all that I was um or in like what I could contribute to the world to a friendship to a relationship to a job like and if I wasn't contributing what I thought was enough then it was like I was losing value or I was losing worth, you know? Yeah. Um, and so previous to leaving our last company, it was so hard for me to make that decision because I found identity in being a marketer. And I was like, if I don't have this, then I'm nothing, you know? And it's like, because everyone knows me as this. And so whatever. And then God had me lay that job down. And I remember crying on the floor, and I've talked about this many times, but for the sake of this, I remember crying on the floor and literally being like, I'm crying so bad because I feel like I'm losing an identity, you know? Um, but then after I like left and stuff, God showed me how like my identity isn't in one thing, it's in him. And it's like, everything else is just an added thing, you know? And like, God will call you to places for a season and then tell you to leave. But that doesn't mean you're any less or anything like that. Um, and so that's kind of like what helped me or whatever, but to, like kind of speak about your experience. Oh, and I have talked about on this episode, not on this episode, but on another episode, what your therapist told you, which was, I always keep front of mind, which was like, you need to spend less time doing and more time just being. Yep. And I so kind of talk about your experience of like finding identity in what you did yeah. for all that time, because you did it for, it wasn't the last job. It was like, we were just talking about it earlier and you were saying even at your previous company, you were the same yeah. way. Yeah. I know. I think a lot of this has to do with like your own perception of yourself and where you find value because mm -hmm. we define that for ourselves or like God defines that for us, you know, like who, what you value, who you are, like that is all thoughts that you have internally. Mm -hmm. And then based on these thoughts and beliefs you hold eternally, 
you literally pursue it in the outside world. And so mm -hmm. we as like perfectionists and people who really valued us based on the output that we can give, we literally have to believe that we are only valuable if we can continuously output at that high level. And so we literally put ourselves in situations and environments that require you to output 100%, 120%, 150%. Mm -hmm. And if you can go 150%, you can go 200% or else you're not doing it yeah we literally put ourselves into situations that calls for that from us mm -hmm. it's like selection bias but like in a very bad way you will put yourself in a situation where you will be drained mm -hmm. and then you will burn out and like you'll feel terrible about it but you still seek it yeah regardless yeah it kind of goes to the point of perfectionist perfectionism too because I feel like my perfectionism wasn't activated unless I was put into a situation where I had to perform yeah exactly and so like a job you have to perform yeah at. and so it's like we also are recovering perfectionists which is what <laughs> Steph and I like to say because we are very similar and like it's like it's never enough in our mind yeah. you know yeah um so so anyway yeah so like to that point like yeah like when you're when you're like in a job where you have to perform and you're like okay well I'm doing this and you're like complimenting me on my work and I'm like no it's not good enough like, yeah exactly. it's, it's not even good or whatever yeah. and it, and I also think we were in an environment where it was like where we were kind of seek, seeking validation and yep. so if we don't get the validation that we need yep. then it's affecting us mentally yeah but it's like a never-ending like trip there's like a little hamster wheel that you keep running on because mm -hmm. as we're seeking validation but we put ourselves in a situation where they literally won't give you that validation or they will give you a backhanded validation where it's like, oh, good job, but you know how you can be better? Mm -hmm. Like we put ourselves in that situation because that's what we're telling ourselves internally is that you're not worth anything unless you can do this and then do it better and then do it better. Mm -hmm. So that's where we put ourselves in. Like now that we are recovering perfectionists and we no longer have that mentality, <laughs> then we no longer put ourselves in those situations. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like I get validation from all the clients that I work with now, you get validation from work all the time and we accept it mm -hmm. because we are no longer of the mindset that we're not worth it and that unless we put in an insane in like inhumane amount of effort we shouldn't be praised mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now that we don't have that anymore we naturally go and put ourselves into situations where we are seen and we're appreciated just you know to be who we are mm -hmm. again this comes back to like being authentic right mm -hmm. we were putting ourselves into places where people didn't accept us for who we are and mm -hmm. always required us to be something else mm -hmm. in order to be like good yeah yeah but now we put ourselves in places where we can show up as mm -hmm. we are and people appreciate it mm -hmm. and accept it and i also think it makes it easier for them to appreciate and accept because we show up as confidently ourselves yeah because if like you're kind of just trying to mold yourself to whatever someone else is trying to make you instead of going in there and be like this is what i can contribute this is who i am and this is what i'll bring to the table at with these boundaries in line they respect that automatically, you know? And so, yeah. And so that's kind of like what helps too, because I feel like it's easy to get into like the hamster wheel of trying to overperform so that you get validation at any locate, yeah. any job if you allow it. Yeah. But that's why, like, before what you taught me was like before you step into any place, kind of just set like what you need and kind of making the job work for you instead of you working for the job, yes. even though you're working technically for it, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it work for your life, you know? Yeah, and as yeah. recovering perfectionists, what I am proud of us now is because. Before, we used to, like, work long hours, work weekends, always be available, that type of stuff, because we were like, I have to overperform, I have to overperform, I have to overachieve, or else I'm not worth it because of our own internal mindset of feeling like we weren't worth it in general. And so if at any moment, we could lose it if I wasn't yeah. overperforming. Exactly. And the thing about finding identity in something is that you're always afraid to lose it. Mm -hmm. And so because you're always afraid to lose it, like you end up staying somewhere, either settling or that you're miserable at because you're like, if I'm not here, then I'm not anything, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, but now, like to the point of like being proud of us, because before when we worked those long hours and now we're in the place where we are so much more at peace and so much more happy mm -hmm. because we cut ourselves off, you know? Yeah. Like at certain times or like yeah. some, there's moments where you might need to work later, might need to whatever. But for the most part, like I'm at one of your recent jobs, you were working 
at whatever hours worked for you. <laughs> and it's like, but like having that mindset and being like, because even if we, if I did have that flexibility previously, I wouldn't take it all the time because I'd be like, no, I need to like make sure it seems like I'm working all these hours yeah. and stuff like that. I think the biggest difference is the expectation that you have of yourself. Are you working hard because you need to be perceived as someone who's really hardworking? Mm -hmm. Or are you working hard because this is something that you care about and you're putting in what's needed you put mm -hmm. in the effort that's needed in order to do a good job because those are two separate things mm -hmm. right because like i can still work weekends and like put in long hours but i'm not doing it because i have this inner need to be validated as being someone who's extremely hardworking. Mm -hmm. i don't i no longer need to hear people say things like oh we need another stephanie at this job <laughs> i heard that all the time yeah. at my jobs and that was literally something i needed to hear yeah. and the only reason why they would say we need another stephanie at this job is because i am the one person who had no boundaries whatsoever you yeah. can reach me whenever i will work however long like hard <laughs> if you have if you underhired and there's not enough people at the company to do the job i will do it Mm -hmm. Why? Because I want you to tell me we need another story. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I was the same way too. Like I would pick up all the work. I would pick up everything. I would do anything you told me because I wanted to be like the golden child of a job. Exactly. You know? And and we had that experience, but like it's too high of a pedestal and that, that pedestal costs you like your own peace, you know? Yeah. And that's and, not your identity. Yeah. That shouldn't be your identity. Yeah. Your identity shouldn't be like the most hardworking person at work. Yeah. Cause it's, right? it's not, no, it's not an identity and you can't even keep that. It's not sustainable either. Yeah. Cause like even, I feel like once you get so high or you have yourself on a pedestal or you're like trying to consider yourself, trying to get yourself to be perfect, it's a never ending cycle of not being, it falling short. Because perfection is like you're never perfect. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what, when you're a perfectionist, you're constantly falling short because like in your own mind, like you're trying to get to a level that you actually is impossible to reach. Yeah. And you don't but you think it's like reachable if you keep doing things. Yeah. And then it gets to a like very toxic cycle where like at some point you literally can't let it go because you've been in that cycle for so mm -hmm. long that that's become all you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And kind of like going back to what you were saying, like you cried on the floor because you're like this is my identity, who am I without this mm -hmm. job? Like part of the context for that is also that you literally moved back to LA as a fresh start. And so mm -hmm. it was extra hard because this is like six years of your life mm -hmm. poured into this to try to establish a new life for yourself. Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Four and a half, like, rounded <laughs> up to six. Um, but it was like literally four and a half years of your life poured into building this new like hope almost yeah, like yeah. this is your vision for yourself mm -hmm. you didn't want to be like the person you were before so this is new life and then mm -hmm. you're just going to give it up mm -hmm. you know like yeah. it's like you spend all that effort on it yeah that's true and i also think like at a time like that where you're like kind of moving back and not really knowing what you're doing and it's like the first kind of big girl job you get i think it's like you don't really know yourself either i was in a space where i didn't know myself and so in anything I was around, I was finding identity and, mm. you know, and so because I was like, I got this new job and then it was like, I was dedicating my life to it, literally. Then it was like, okay, that's all of me, you know? But I think one of like the key things I've learned about like figuring out, like kind of getting out of a mindset like that, where you find identity in what you do or who you're with or whatever is to like learn about yourself yeah, and to like love yourself as is and like and learn know about yourself yeah and know yourself yeah. exactly and so i don't because i didn't know myself i was able to just cling to that you know but yeah. then like as like time went on and stuff i started to see that like oh this doesn't actually work for me you know and then i was starting spiritual slang yeah and so then i really was aware of things that didn't work for me yeah <laughs> and so um and so then that's when we decided to leave but um so kind of to go to that point of like because I feel like a lot of people can resonate with like finding identity in what you do. And it's like easier said to than done when you're like, OK, well, just leave or, you know, f like do this or that. But like what what was like your turning point to finally being like, I need to change something. And so I need to leave this place. Yeah. And then you took like a longer break than I did. I took two months off. And then how long did you take? I took five months. I did like little freelance like little gigs things, yeah. on the side, but I took five months off of full-time work because the turning point was like around the time when I called you, I was like, you know, pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like- My prayer. <laughs> seriously, it was your prayer. Um, it like, it was too much. I think as people in our twenties, because we're young and we're trying to figure it out, 
we just keep going because we're energetic. Like in your twenties, yeah. you have energy to spare. You can like party till 6 a.m. and go to work, well, you know, <laughs> whatever your lifestyle is. But like, I had a lot of energy to spare and I put all of the energy in work and mm-hmm. I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I was like approaching my thirties and I'm still doing it. But then I realized I'm running out of energy. And then I was like a panic moment of like, shoot, I can't keep doing this forever. Mm-hmm. But I have to because that's in my three to five year plan, you know, because I had mm-hmm. set up all these like external goals for myself. So the turning point was like when I started like my mental health just like like went straight down. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, oh, I actually cannot do this. I would like to do this, but I actually cannot do this. And like calling, you know, people that I didn't perceive to be like super close and asking them to pray for me. Like, <laughs> that was like, for me, I had a lot of shame. Yeah. Like internally, I put the phone down. It was really helpful. And like, you know, thank God you exist. But like, I put my phone down and I cried because I felt so ashamed Mm -hmm. that that's where I'm at now. Kind of like Mm -hmm. your moment where you cried on the floor. I have my moment of crying, like kneeling by the bed because we were praying a moment before. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I have to kneel by the bed. You're still kneeled. (laughs) Yeah, this is what a newbie does. We think, okay, we have to have a script and we got to kneel by the bed. It's respectful to, to it's respect, so, right? Yeah. right? That's what I thought. But you don't have to have a script. Yeah. But you can um, also pray anyway. But, but like what I was going through in that moment was kind of like, this has to change somehow, but I don't know how to change. And also I'm so embarrassed. I put in so much effort and like, I know how I'm being perceived. Like people see me, they think I'm s- smart or something, mm-hmm. but internally I didn't have that value. Internally, I didn't have, see myself as that way. And I think a lot of people are like that where like yeah. externally they try their best to come across you know, as put together as possible. Mm-hmm. And internally they feel like a wreck. Yeah. And they're always telling their friends like, oh my God, I am a mess. But what they don't realize is everyone is a mess. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is a mess inside their heads, mm-hmm. like unless you're enlightened, you know? So let's say like 99% <laughs> of us are a mess in our head. Yeah. yeah, but like it doesn't matter, you know, because everyone's a mess, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. what matters is that you value yourself for the things that you believe in, for the things that matter to you, mm-hmm. right? Like if God guides your life, then God made you this way, then you're not a mess. Cause then every every piece of pain that you go through is a piece of pain that existed for a reason so that mm-hmm. you can grow to become the next version of you who's going to do good in this world. Yeah. But you need that pain as like, you know, your origin story. Yeah. So you became so you can be relatable right so basically like around that time of like leaving was it because you what gave you like the courage was basically like i just couldn't do it anymore i couldn't do it like there's no other way i actually didn't have the courage to leave i left because i had no other choice oh yeah wait i'm kind of remember well okay yeah yeah but you like (laughs) it was kind of like yes you did but then also like it it was, was it was like a little different i literally when i left that job they were like, the, my bosses were like, well, where are you going? And I'm like, trust me, I don't know. I yeah. just know I can't stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, so you say you kind of, okay. Yeah, I had to leave. And so I literally There left. was no other option. Yeah. I literally thought if I didn't leave, I was going to like kill myself or something, yeah. you know, or yeah. like do something really bad and I would regret it and I would hurt my family mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. And so I left. And I didn't have a plan. And like for five months, I had a huge identity crisis where I just like felt ashamed and I felt like, where am I going to go to from here? And also, who am I now that I can't even do this job? Yeah. That so many hundreds of thousands of people in this world struggle with mm-hmm. their jobs and I can't even show up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a loser. So then how did you- yeah your internal self was crazy yeah but for talking to you like that (laughs) not just crazy but um so how would you say okay I get what you said about the choice okay I thought you were meaning something else Mm -hmm. but that makes sense yeah because that's kind of where I was too where it was like there was no other option it was like I leave or I or I suffer here yeah and not really because of them but more so necessary because of me exactly and it's like I needed to like reset as a human yeah and like figure out what I wanted, who I was. And yeah. I also didn't think I could ever go back to marketing and yeah. then I ended up doing it. I know. I was surprised by that actually. Yeah. I, didn't I, think I, I was really do thought it. you were going to go do something that's related to your spiritual self. Yeah. And then yeah. you told me that actually it doesn't have to be that way. Like mm-hmm. the way that you were able to dissociate your value from your job and still be able to show up 
to your job because you enjoy marketing. Like mm-hmm. I, I can mm-hmm. see that based on, you know, working mm-hmm. with you and based on what you do today, you really enjoy your job and you like doing mm-hmm. it, but it is no longer something yet that you do as part of your identity of like being a marketer or being like mm-hmm. a really good corporate person or mm-hmm. something like that. And that has brought me so much more peace because I think when you take, so kind of just to like make it clear, I feel like we leave when you really feel like your mental health and your peace is suffering and you don't have any more grace somewhere, it's time to leave for sure. Like I feel like sometimes we can sit in old blessings. Um, it's because that job was a blessing because I was like moved back to LA like like you so eloquently explained and everything and I was like, I don't know what to do and what I'm gonna do and I didn't even go study marketing and I got blessed with that job that taught me so much about myself and, and many other things. Um, but I think sometimes blessings also have an expiration date sometimes you know and i feel like because we thought well god gave this to me like we don't want to leave it because we're like okay well this was a blessing one time but like a blessing in another season doesn't mean it's still it's still meant for you to stay like still be a blessing in this current season and so it has an expiration date and so i feel like when you feel like your mental health is suffering or you don't have peace and like the grace has left it's time for you to leave is usually what i feel like um anytime the grace has left in period period and grace is like favor it's like peace when you're doing it fun the joy all those things Mm -hmm. and so I left because I didn't have an option either and I and I commend us for taking a break because like it's so easy to run to something right Mm -hmm. away and like try to find it somewhere else but we were like something's really wrong with us and that's why it's like knowing yourself is a really good tip too because it's like sit with yourself and figure out what you actually want what you actually care about and it wasn't that i I thought I didn't want to do marketing anymore, but it's like, I do enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It was just, I was identifying it as like everything to me, you know? And so I think going into my new job, I was able to have peace more and, and have fun and stuff because I don't identify it with it anymore. I believe I'm everywhere for an assignment and for a reason and a season. And once God says it's up, it's up. And so like, I just try to like get out of every moment or every place that I'm at what I'm supposed to get. Like, what do you want me to learn, Lord? Who am I supposed to talk to here? How mm-hmm. are you supposed to use me here? And then like, that helps me to not get overwhelmed by the work or get overwhelmed when I feel like, am I performing good enough or anything like that? Like, I don't even think about that anymore because I just flow in this like way of like, well, it's not who I am. So like, it can't, I can't be shaken by it, you know? And so like, I feel like I get stressed. I won't say I won't get, st- I don't get stressed, but I also like they get stressed the way we used to get stressed sometimes yeah, the or whatever. The stress doesn't impact how you then perceive yeah, yourself. How I perceive myself or yeah. how I, yeah, anything about yeah. the job. I'm you just get like, stressed and you no longer think I am a terrible, or yeah, I'm doing yeah, a terrible I'm not like, job. <laughs> I'm not like, oh my goodness, like it's not causing me sleep and all the things yeah. because I'm like, well, I'm here for a reason. So if God wants me here, I'm still going to be here. Yeah. And so kind of to your point, it was basically that like, I have so much more peace mm-hmm. now because we don't identify and kind of what we did yeah you know i have a question for you actually go ahead something you were talking about Mm -hmm. you know you're talking like about assignments and like you when you know your assignment is over you have to like move on Mm -hmm. to something else how do you know when your assignment is over versus it is just like a test a testy period Mm -hmm. in that assignment well i think it takes prayer for sure Mm -hmm. like i didn't leave the last company for eight months because i didn't know what it was but kind of to, it's funny you brought that up because I was going to talk about assignment at the last job and you were, I felt like an assignment. I know from the Lord's (laughs) assignment because he told me that. But like I was planning on leaving that job a year before I actually left. Mm -hmm. Was I going to do it? I don't know. But like (laughs) I was thinking about it, but like I didn't feel like God was saying to do it and so Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. Um, And so then you came and then being able to like Experience, show you God and everything. I was like, oh, that's the reason I had to stay. Yeah. But um, for someone you totally didn't think you'd get along with either. I know, which is wild because it's not like I met you and I'm like, she's the reason. She was like, it was like a hindsight thing where God was like, that's why you couldn't leave earlier. But in comparison to the time where I wanted to leave a year prior to actually leaving and the time where I did leave, it was like the conviction, the like constant like thought that it was time to go. Because you know, like when you're in a testy period, and I was actually talking to someone about this recently, and they were they were stressed about a job or whatever, and I was like, and they were like, I just want to leave, and I was like, we'll just pray about it and sit on it because do you want to leave because your emotions are high, or do you want to leave because you actually feel like God is le- telling you to leave, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's 
you have to give it time and you have to pray about it because it, there's so many times in testy situations where I'm like, I'm just going to quit right now, you know, but, it, but then like two days later, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm happy. Again. <laughs> um, and emotion. so it's like, it's that, it's like a thought that doesn't leave, you know, or constantly mm-hmm. comes up and then you get confirmation by like, I've gotten confirmation by like sermons or things like that. Um, and a lot of prayer. And if I sat on it for eight months and God continued to tell me, and I felt like peace on my spirit where it was like, I think I have to do this. Yeah. That's when you know it's like, up, you know, yeah. like, so I hope that answered your question. Yeah. And just, just like, just prepare. so this is clear too, like this whole thing happened o- across years because mm-hmm. we're having this conversation now. It's like probably like an hour long, but we're recounting <laughs> experiences that spanned over like months and months and like years. Mm-hmm. It took a really long time for us to go from that the people we were, where we suffered from perfectionism. We suffered from like always overworking ourselves to the detriment of our own health. We suffered from like not like needing external validation from sources that Mm -hmm. was just unhealthy for us. We suffered from like not having any boundaries and not knowing how to establish healthy boundaries for ourselves to like today where we have much healthier boundaries, where we do no longer mm-hmm. need this type of like external validation from the work that we do, but we're still able to enjoy the mm-hmm. work that we do. And like having a clearer vision of like who we are and how we value ourselves internally, mm-hmm. that's all like a journey. It takes time. Yeah. That's a good point because it's not like an overnight thing. It's not like it happened yesterday. Now we're sitting here glorified and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. No, it was a long process. And like I think we should give like some tips of what kind of helped us, you know, um, I think therapy helped me for sure. Yeah. But I think you encourage, not you encouraged me, but you were in therapy before me. And I I was was, like, kind of like, Oh, that kind of seems interesting. Is this video sponsored by better help? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Tell them. (laughs) But, um, let's give some like, kind of like tips and advice of like kind of what helped us get to where we are now. Yeah. I mean, my tips are obviously going to be more like multidimensional, not just faith-based. I will say, you know, praying did help, but I feel like therapy and like the the work that a therapist can do with you is like putting a big fat mirror in front of you and like shining back on you all the things that you struggle with. Mm -hmm. And at first it was really difficult to like talk to a therapist about how I feel ashamed about, you know, not having a job for like five months and then having a therapist, therapist be like, well, are you like broke and about to lose your home? Are you about like, are you? How, how are you financially? I'm like, actually, I'm fine because, you know, I spent my entire career saving up and stuff. And my therapist is like, okay, so what's the issue? <laughs> <laughs> like, and and that when she asked that question to me, I was like, the, the issue is I don't have a job. Yeah. And the therapist was like, okay, what's wrong with not having a job? Like, you're not on the streets. You're not being a burden on anyone financially. You're taking care of yourself. What are you doing for your spare time? I'm like, I'm just having fun. I'm like doing things I enjoy, I'm pursuing my hobbies, mm-hmm. I'm reading, I'm writing, I'm going to the gym, I'm going on walks, I'm spending time with my husband. And then my therapist is like, all those sound like lovely things. That that sounds like a great life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that sounds like a very, very, that sounds like the kind of life everybody wants to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, from that perspective, true, but I couldn't enjoy it because I didn't let myself do it. Mm-hmm. So going to a therapist and having those conversations and having all of your like subconscious thoughts and beliefs and values reflected back to you is really helpful Mm -hmm. so that you can become self-aware of that it so you can move on Mm -hmm. the second thing is like exercise i recently Mm -hmm. actually saw this documentary on netflix (laughs) it was jonah hill's psychologist psychiatrist Mm -hmm. or psychologist it was jonah hill's therapist Mm -hmm. and he was like if you're going through depression and all that you know the most helpful thing is like 30 minutes of exercise every day Mm -hmm. just make yourself do it and you know it's that's easier said than done because when you're truly depressed you literally cannot even get out of bed yeah actually really relate to that um and he was like you know have your have someone drag you out of bed and just like force you to do that exercise. It's gonna be hard, but there's like physicality and like brain chemistry that you cannot fight against and exercising, you know, puts endorphins into your like brain. Mm -hmm. And so it will make you feel better whether you want to feel better or not. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's very temporary, but then doing it every day and like making that into a routine helps you disassociate your brain from all the thoughts that you're having into just like focusing on this activity. And then when your body feels better, 
your mind feels better. Mm-hmm. So like taking care of your body is very important. So like that's something that I think <laughs> those are like, great. Yeah, I feel like helpful. those both fall in line with like kind of some of the things that um, helped me as well, which was because you had mentioned like you were going on walks and you were doing other things mm-hmm. and all these like little things that you were doing that bring you joy in a sense. Yeah. Um, and so what helped me was finding other things that I could do. Yeah. which was that didn't involve just working and constantly performing. Mm. And so like I took cycling, you know, and that became like a habit, not habit, like into my routine, um, which I really enjoy. And it's like mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. exercise point. But I also realized that I love reading. Yeah. And so I got back into reading and I got <gasps> I did, did puzzles. Yeah. And I did like all sorts of things that like just brought me joy that that like showed balance my life more like made my life more wholesome so it didn't feel like I was constantly feeling the need to like perform at such a high level or find work so that I could perform or anything like that and so I think finding things that bring you joy is really helpful um and learning about what brings you joy because I think when you're so consumed in one thing you don't even know what else what like what makes you happy really you know until you're faced with a situation where it's like I feel so drained and drowned or I'm leaving a job or I'm letting go of a relationship and I don't really know who I am. Yeah. And so it's like spending time with yourself to know what you like and who you are and yeah. like different things you can take up and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that's super helpful for sure. I also think in those moments, especially if you're someone who is a bit of a perfectionist, who has been hardworking your whole life, who is like a type A sort of person, when you feel that void in your life, your instinct is to do something to fill that void and that something is almost always productive Mm -hmm. and so back to what my therapist said about Mm -hmm. you know you need to stop doing and start being Mm -hmm. like that is a thought that's that was very new to me at that time is like why don't you just like do nothing Mm -hmm. for a little bit and that killed me that killed me like doing nothing killed me I was like okay I have like an hour right now I can do a lot of things in an hour like what's like what can I do that's like not why why don't I just like do laundry or like clean the kitchen or something and like Mm -hmm. even that was like just don't do it just Mm -hmm. don't do anything for a week and then learn how to have fun again Mm. like learn how to have joy learn how to be okay with just laughing and just being just existing like go look at the sky and be happy that you exist in you know wherever you are that you're able to have this moment mm-hmm. and you're existing right now. Cause mm-hmm. like the chances of you existing is like one in a billion. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. This is like rough, Steph, rough science. So many facts. <laughs> but it, I was like watching this video the other day there was like the chances of you being conceived is so, so rare. The fact that we're all here Mm-hmm. And the fact that humans are able to build such like an advanced world in terms of like the technology we mm-hmm. have, the knowledge we have, just like think about that for a second and just stop, stop doing whatever you're doing and just think about <laughs> just how much of a second. Yeah, <laughs> like how much of a miracle is it? Yeah, to have life. I think mm-hmm. I think also it's like coming from that gratefulness, you know, yeah. like I've kind of started to incorporate into some of my prayers, like just thank you for the little things that I take for granted, like mm-hmm. my health, the yeah. fact that I have legs, that yeah, I can walk, seriously. that I have yeah. a car, that I have an apartment, that I have yeah. like money in my account. Like there's yeah. so many things that we can take for granted. And yeah. so I think also to your point, it's like, I guess that's why people like do the journals and stuff. Cause it's like three things that you're grateful for. Cause you're like, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm so worried about all these like external things or all these things about life and trying to control everything that I'm just like not even being grateful for where to, what totally. I am, who I am, and yeah. all the things. And, and so. I have to say, being an ex-perfectionist, gratitude or finding gratitude is exceptionally difficult because the moment you start having the thought of like, I'm grateful to have legs, the counter thought comes, which is like, yeah, but like everyone has legs. <laughs> yeah. I can be better. So yeah. like, so having to like- Fight learn, those thoughts. Yeah, like not even fight it, but just like, yeah, okay, you know what? <sighs> Take a seat. Um, yeah. Just accepting that you are that way and then still carrying on with that gratitude exercise. Like for mm-hmm. me, I can never do those like three things you're grateful for. Cause yeah. like I need to take actually like 15, 30 minutes to even get into a space where I genuinely you can, like, feel really, it. Mm-hmm. That's the important part of a gratitude exercise. It's not about writing three things. It's about allowing yourself and giving yourself the space and time and grace to like get into that space where you can feel grateful. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. That's hard for me. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's a good point, but I yeah. think it takes work. Yeah. And, every, and I think the main, the biggest thing about everything we talked about is that 
it takes work it does but if like you're dedicated to just being better and like getting out of that that dark place or like the thing like accepting that you don't have to live like this forever yeah basically and you put in the work like you will get better yeah and so I think that's like the biggest thing but we're gonna wrap up because it was a great conversation <laughs> I'm so happy you came on I know you've listened to the episodes before but I don't know if you remember we're gonna end it the way we end every episode mm-hmm. which is basically I'll say a thing you say a thing and then I'll say stay prayed up and then oh I'll no say what is the thing you can say any one like any one liner so it could be like like go to therapy (laughs) yeah exactly if you feel it say it no i was kidding but if you feel like if you feel like you need therapy then that could be your answer is like that could Mm -hmm. be like a confirmation to go to therapy or something so see whatever say whatever you want so something like that um but i have to to think of mine (laughs) um okay i got mine i think so do I, do Are I have we to look time? in the camera when okay. I do it? You don't have to. Okay. But we can just look at each other. Okay. So my one is going to be, um, oh wait, I forgot. <laughs> okay. So I think my one is, um, I just want to, I want to repeat what your therapist said. So mine is going to be, be okay with just being. You don't always have to do, 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 just be. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mine is. Go easy on yourself. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> um, and then the last one is stay prayed up. Okay. Bye. <laughs>